This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. I'm not joking. I kill people. I'm exactly the cherry type for you. Lately, there are these moments when I feel connected to something else. Would you please stop doing that? Then stop saying stupid things. Talk about your bloodbath. <laughs> Greetings, sociopaths. Welcome to Avenging Angels here on Film Geek Radio. This is our podcast devoted exclusively to the eighth and final season of the Showtime series, Dexter. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my dark passenger, Charlie Nash. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Charlie. Chop down any trees lately? Ugh, I've been in exile, and I've turned into a lumberjack out of hiding, and it's just... It's not for me. I miss everyone I love, but I hurt everyone I love, so... I guess it's a lumberjack's life for me. (laughs) This is episode number 13 of Avenging Angels, and I'm sad to say it is the last regular episode of Avenging Angels. We will be doing one more episode next week. We will be doing sort of a series wrap-up where we look back over Dexter as a whole and and talk about uh, all the other seasons, not just season 8, and we rank them and we figure out which seasons were good and which seasons were not so good. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and found our discussions about the final season of Dexter to be thought-provoking. You can email the show at avengingangels at filmgeekradio.com to let us know what you think. If you liked this podcast, please, please, please take two minutes and write us a quick review on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. However, even though Avenging Angels is going away, Charlie and I are not going away, and Film Geek Radio is not going away. You can still find a lot of our other great film and TV-themed podcasts over at filmgeekradio.com and on iTunes. And we have two brand new TV podcasts for your listening pleasure. The first one just launched a few days ago. It's called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cast, and it's all about the new ABC series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That is hosted by myself and three other TV critics, two of whom are also comics enthusiasts. So even if you are really into the Marvel Universe and comics, or you are only familiar with that universe through the Avengers, it shouldn't matter. There's going to be something on that podcast for everyone, so I hope you check it out. We have released our intro episode to that podcast, and by the time you listen to this, it's possible our discussion on the pilot will also be published, so check that out. And uh, Charlie, you and I will also soon be premiering a new podcast all about the Showtime series, Homeland. Yes, and I couldn't be more excited for it. Yes, I have high hopes for that. I, I am hoping that the third season of Homeland will be much better than this final season of Dexter, but maybe just as loopy. There is no way. I will put serious money on the fact that there's no way it could be worse than this season of Dexter. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to put my cards on the table. There is no way <laughs> it could be the worst season of Homeland. I, I want them to find a way to make it as crazy as De- as this season of Dexter. Just good. My one concern for Homeland now is my concern that I had for Dexter and Weeds, which is let the show end when it needs to end and don't drag it out for eight seasons uh, just to make more money. Because I don't want to watch Carrie and uh, Brody go through unexplainable uh, character motivations and insane convoluted plot twists. I don't run Showtime, so I guess I'm not in control of that. (laughs) I'm sure Brody will enjoy his new life as a lumberjack somewhere in the world. 
that's what season three is going to be about. Anyways, uh, our listeners can look for that to launch next week. We hope you you will tune in. This is episode number 13 of Avenging Angels, focused on the 12th episode of season eight of Dexter. The episode is titled Remember the Monsters? Yes, sadly, we do. The monsters were better. Yes, and we'll be remembering the monstrosity that is this episode for yes. a very long time. <laughs> time. <laughs> this episode was written by Scott Buck and Manny Cotto, and it was directed by Steve Schill, who previously directed Goodbye Miami just two episodes ago. I'm pretty sure that's the one where Harrison fell on the treadmill. It was. All right, you go, Steve Schill. You're crazy. I'll give you that much. <laughs> All right, Charlie, why don't you go ahead and give a quick recap of the series finale of Dexter? Assuming you can find a way to quickly recap all the stuff that went down, where do you begin? Okay, so we start off with Dexter bringing Harrison to the airport, where he's supposed to meet up with Hannah. Unfortunately, Elway is on their trail and is waiting for Hannah outside of their gate. So Dexter buys a backpack from one of the gift shops, places it under a chair, and then goes to inform one of the employees working at one of the desks that Elway had just dropped it there, and since, of course, nobody saw Dexter himself put it there, they all assume it's Elway and then basically arrest him and bring him into custody and then uh, cancel every single flight. When we go back to Deb, uh, last episode, uh, she was shot in the gut. When Dexter confronts Deb at the hospital, he apologizes for everything, but she states that he needs to go be happy and apologizes to him, oddly enough, and basically says, get out of here, you're a wonderful brother, go have fun in Argentina. Oliver is now on the run, however, Dexter goes to Deb's room and he bumps into Saxon, who ultimately is handcuffed by, of all people, Batista, who uh, takes him into custody. Unfortunately, when Dexter finds out where Deb has been moved to, we also find out that she's been moved to a wing where she is now comatose. And if she ever uh, becomes fully conscious again, she will never be able to be fed out of anything other than a tube. Dexter makes an excuse to go see him in his cell, where he stabs Saxon with the pen, even though he knows he'll be videotaped. Afterwards, Batista and Quinn basically just covered up and say it was self-defense, mainly because Saxon was the one who made the first move. Dexter hands over Harrison to Hannah, who gets onto a bus to Tallahassee and plan on catching a flight to Argentina from there. However, Elway has managed to sneak onto the same bus, but Hannah luckily sedates him and they make a narrow escape. Dexter has to make a choice of whether or not to keep Deb on life support. And when it comes down to it, he pulls the plug, takes her body out of the hospital, brings it onto his boat, and puts her body to rest at sea and watches her sink to the bottom of the ocean. Before driving off into Hurricane Laura, we assume he drives off to his death, but it is later revealed that he is actually in exile somewhere in a wintry town where he is now a lumberjack, while Hannah, now raising Harrison in Argentina, believes Dexter is now dead. All right, Charlie, this is it. This is the end of Dexter. What did you think of this series finale? Gross. <laughs> it was so awful. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this season has been so messy that there was a very slim chance that this finale could be any good at all. But even so, this ending is offensive. It makes no sense. There are a million uh, supporting characters who don't get any of their subplots wrapped up, despite the fact that we've had a million subplots for them introduced into this season. 
I think that the death of Deb is a horrible way to end the show. Not only through the way they execute it, but like even though Dexter feels that Deb's death is his fault, it still doesn't feel like he's fully aware of how much he's done to ruin her life apart from just her death. Just that itself, it's like, oh no, Deb's gonna be fine. That bullet bounced around a lot, but it luckily missed like every vital organ. It was almost like that line in The Naked Gun where O.J. Simpson's like, oh, he's gonna be fine. He got shot like seven times and it's gonna be fine. And then she's in a comatose state out of nowhere where apparently there was a blood clot. It was a total catastrophe. I kind of expected it to be, but ouch. It, it still hurt. Well, Charlie, you know, there's been some debate over the course of this season, and you and I have discussed whether season eight is worse than season six. I've, for the longest time now, said that no, season six is worse. Here's what I have ultimately concluded after watching <laughs> this finale. In terms of enjoyment, <laughs> season eight is better than season six, just because it is so crazy and ridiculous it's it's more interesting to watch in a weird way because it's 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 a train wreck, and it's fun to watch a train wreck as a piece of television. Objectively <laughs> speaking, this finale I think cements season eight as worse than season six. It is such a terrible finale. I know you and I we we haven't been expecting a great finale for a while now. But this just boggled my mind. Yeah. How wrong it went. There's stuff here that just doesn't make sense, even given what the rest of the season had built up to. It really just feels completely out of left field. There's nothing that's really emotionally impactful at all. And I I will say the same thing I've said about a lot of elements of this season. If you tell me what happens at the end of this series on paper, I'm okay with it. And I think Mm -hmm. that there are ways you could execute it to make it really work. But when you execute it and you build up to it the way this season has, it just doesn't work at all and it feels like it doesn't fit. It's a total mess. I'm not going to say it's the worst series finale I've ever seen, but it's a huge disappointment. Uh, I'm not going to be 100% positive on this, but I think it is definitely up there in, as one of the worst series finales I've ever seen. And maybe I've just been lucky in which shows I decide to watch. I mean, like, I can think of a few bad series finales. You know, I loved Big Love for a long time, but I thought that series finale was pretty meh. I can't think of anyone that filled me with this much rage as this finale. Like, nothing went right. It was just terrible. I don't know. I I feel like I'm just being that guy who's like, it sucked, and that's it. It was just terrible. But, like, it's still taking me a lot of time to wrap my head around the fact that out of such a good start to this show, this is where we've ended up. Well, let's talk our way through it. Because this is the last regular episode of Avenging Angels, this will be a good chance for us to just talk about what happened in the finale and reflect on the season as a whole and what may or may not have led us to this point. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Charlie, you and I have talked about how throughout the season, characters have done things that don't make a lot of sense and that characters just act really stupid and dumb a lot of the time. That is on full display in this episode from the very beginning when Dexter calls in a bomb threat. Which is so offensive. Yes. (laughs) This is so terrible. He calls in a bomb threat at the airport to get Elway off of Hannah's back Not only is it a stupid plot device, it's dumb from a plot perspective because 
they shut down the airport, so <laughs> they can't leave. Yeah. And it's also just stupid because there's security cameras in the airport. All they yeah. have to do is look at the security footage and see that Dexter did it. And who knows, maybe they even catch his face on camera and they can identify him and he can get in serious trouble for that. Exactly what I was thinking. And of course, no one sees Dexter doing anything, even though it's an airport. And, and I've been in the Miami airport. It's just like any other airport. Here it's just like, it's like it's an airport in another planet. Here's what I've concluded about the city of Miami, Charlie. <laughs> if, if, if we're going solely by the series finale of Dexter, everybody in Miami is blind. And they cannot see <laughs> anything. There's a scene in this finale where Oliver carjacks somebody in public, in daylight. In public, with people walking all over, like, the parking lot. Yes, like. yes. There are, people are all around him. Nobody says anything. I, I read, I can't remember where it was, but I read someone say that, you know, it's, it's okay because he gives the universal sign for nobody saw this, which is he turns around and kind of looks both ways. <laughs> Which is the universal sign in television for I'm getting away with this and nobody saw it. <laughs> Which in reality, if anyone saw that, they would be like, well, that's just off. Yeah, something yes. is going on here. <laughs> so, so, so nobody notices that happening. Later on in the episode, Dexter kidnaps Deb's corpse, he grabs her, her dead body, takes it out of the hospital to his boat. And drives away. <laughs> but it makes total sense, Andrew. I mean, they're all worried about the hurricane. I mean, you can just take any dead body out of a hospital when there's a hurricane coming. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. No, no one says anything. Oh, my God, Charlie. Everyone in Miami is either blind or mentally challenged. This, this show is offensive to people with eyes that, that, that are functioning properly. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, oh, the scene where... Hannah injects Elway with a horse tranquilizer, and nobody notices. No, but the bus driver can't see it in his rearview mirror, apparently. I, I know there was like one or two people who were asleep in the background, but I'm pretty sure some people were awake, and they just didn't see it. Yes. <laughs> like, it was just so awful. And the fact that they almost thought they were, like, you can tell they thought they were being clever with the, Hannah's gonna try and poison him, and then he's like, Oh, you think I must be some fucking moron? And then, like, da -da! you know, that's not clever. She just knocked him out with a horse tranquilizer in public in a more closed space than uh, Oliver just carjacked someone in public. Like, it's... Ugh. I was thinking that she was just going to be like, okay, the jig is up, and she was just going to drink this tea and kill herself, and that would be <laughs> the end of Hannah, and it would be tragic, and, and Harrison would have to go back to Dexter or stay with Elway or his now vegetative Deb. I don't know. <laughs> That would be so great if, the, if Hannah killed herself and they were like, okay, well, guess we're putting you in custody of Deb now. And they go back to the hospital and they're like, wait, where the hell is she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, even Harrison, who's been adorable, even he had some horrible things to say. Can I tell you something, Daddy? What? I love Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awful. You can tell the writers recognize that this is not working and that there's no reason Dexter should be giving up his son to a woman who has killed and poisoned people. You can tell they know this, so they're trying to justify it by having Harrison say that he loves her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they've been trying to convince us of that for the entire season, but they can't get a toddler to say anything other than, I like Hannah, or I love Hannah, or I wish she was my mom, and like it's just been so tacked on. 
Apparently, Jamie's not, you know, going to go to that school. She doesn't care. Uh, Masuka and his daughter, uh, that didn't add up to anything. Uh, where do Batista and Quinn think that Deb's body went? <laughs> There's just so many loose threads. Yeah, let's talk about some of these supporting characters and their subplots that went nowhere, okay? Masuka got a little arc that I guess you could say was wrapped up by the fact that he found out he has a daughter. And that's kind of interesting by itself. But then that was it. They just kind of threw it in there, and that's all for Masuka. Was Masuka even in the series finale? Yes, but he was in the background, and I think he just said, she's going to be fine, Dex. Okay. Like, when, before she was in a vegetative state. I'm pretty sure that he was, like, right next to Batista or something. But yeah, even that subplot, it felt like it wrapped up, and then they introduced, oh, but she's a pothead, which right. is so bizarre. And then that went nowhere. And then that went nowhere. And uh, Quinn's sergeant exam means nothing. Angie Miller has no real significance on this show at all. Well, okay. At the beginning of the season, they gave Batista something to do. He had to encourage Quinn to take the sergeant's exam. And then he didn't do anything for the rest of the season until this episode when he shows up just at the last minute to catch Saxon. Yeah, which I want to see what he was doing. Was he just like, oh, every vending machine in this hospital is broken. I guess I'll try this floor. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what was he doing there? I'm assuming he had been up there because Deb used to be up there and that maybe she had just been u- moved to the ICU or something. Well, that would make sense, but they couldn't even clarify that. They couldn't even, like, give us that bit of information. He just, it was almost, like, hilariously out out of place, because he just appears there in the shot, and it's just like, oh, Batista's here. Right. (laughs) How convenient. Let's talk about Batista and Quinn and the fact that they see Dexter kill Saxon. Yeah. This is terrible, because, first of all, this flies in the face of everything we've seen Dexter do for the past eight seasons. He's always been about the code. The code means you don't get caught, you're sneaky about it, you don't do anything that could get you in trouble. There's no kill room in this episode. He basically just walks into Saxon's cell and stabs him in front of everybody. Well, don't, don't forget, he waits for Saxon to stab him first. Right, so he can claim self-defense. And I mean, you can just tell by the way he does it. There's nothing in self-defense about it. <laughs> it's like an animalistic, like, vicious stabbing, yeah. <laughs> Is that instinctual for someone to do? Like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, Charlie, like, if you stabbed me in the shoulder with something, would my first instinct be to pull it out and then stab <laughs> you with it in the neck? That doesn't seem logical for me. I don't see how you can claim self-defense and then batista and quinn let him off the hook because of what saxon did to deb yeah not to mention that quinn in season five was like all over dexter's case and knew there was something up with him and knew he was probably a serial killer and then he watches him do this and it's not like a light bulb goes over him and he goes oh wait he is kind of off and he, he probably killed a ton of people. Instead, he's just like, oh, well, Saxon killed Deb, so yeah, we'll just say it's self-defense. Right, and if you watch the way Dexter does it, his movements when he stabs Saxon, this is not the movement of someone who is doing this for the first time, who is like <laughs> in a frantic, terrified state and is doing this for the first time out of self-defense. He moves methodically... with purpose it's clear that he knows what he's doing he's done this before and yet they still let him get away with it there is no like space between like if i got stabbed in the shoulder andrew 
I'd be pretty freaked out. I think any normal person would take a few seconds and be like, oh my god, I just got stabbed. <laughs> my first reaction would be, get out of there, not right. uh, stab the person back. You know, Charlie, I, I believe it was in our introductory episode or our episode on the season premiere, you know, you know, we talked about how what we really wanted to see this season was we wanted to see all of the people in Miami Metro get their time to shine. We wanted to see them all do something important, preferably something important that was going to lead to Dexter being captured or for the news tightening around Dexter's neck. None of that happened over the season. Miami Metro is still populated by idiots. <laughs> they haven't realized anything's wrong with Dexter. And the series ends without anybody except his sister, in terms of regular characters. Uh, the only person who learns his secret is Deb. And she is killed off by the end of this series. So it, there's no accounting for what he has done. Yeah, and even though he feels guilt for Deb's death, I know this is going to sound so bizarre, but it's almost not the right type of guilt that he should be feeling. It's not the right type of guilt, and it honestly makes no sense, and, and we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. There was nothing in this season that really gave you the impression that Dexter could really be in trouble because we've seen him deal with serial killers before, and the most intense seasons and moments of Dexter have always been when he's trying to do too many things at once, when there's danger of him slipping up and getting caught, mm -hmm. when you know that he's just one mistake away from bringing everything crashing down around him. Yeah. And that threat just really wasn't present this season. That threat was more present in season two when the whole plot was Dexter's the Bay Harbor butcher that the Miami PD is like looking for. And I don't know about you, Andrew, but when I watched that season, I seriously thought, oh my God, like shit could seriously go down. People could find out. And what really pisses me off about this and the fact that nobody knows apart from Deb who gets killed off is that Scott Buck basically got asked the same thing in an interview that uh, Entertainment Weekly asked uh, Scott Buck, like, you know, Miami Metro never realized Deb's secret. Everybody expected them to figure things out in the final season. And Scott Buck says, we toyed with that idea, but it felt off point. The story was ultimately about Dexter's personal journey. We have one moment in that interrogation room with Quinn and Batista. Watching the tape, Quinn has known all along that there has been more to Dexter. Batista is seeing a hint of a darker Dexter. There was a hint in that moment. But we didn't want to blow it all up and reveal he's a serial killer. Like, what? <laughs> right. I, I don't understand, Scott Buck. I mean, I mean, honestly, we should have guessed that this is how they were going to end the season. Because if they were going to have Miami Metro find out, they would have done it a few episodes ago, I feel yeah. like. You know, they would have done it at some point earlier in the season and made a big deal out of it. But there was a part of me that wondered, okay... Maybe the series will end with Dexter thinking that he's gotten away clean and then someone at Miami Metro stumbles across something or Batista finally decides to open those files that Laguerta left him or, mm -hmm. or something, you know, something that would give the impression, okay, Dexter thinks he's made it out safe, but maybe he hasn't. Yeah. And uh, there's another question that also comments upon that, where the Entertainment Weekly interviewer goes, but a fan gripe was the season had Dexter dispatching new threats, like in a typical season, rather than a sense of that the show was arch arcing towards a finale with Dex's world unraveling. And Scott Buck says, 
It felt like we had done that with LaGuerta last season and with Lundy in season two. I felt like it ran the risk of feeling repetitious and familiar. And then Colton says, going that way felt pedestrian to me. I don't know how else to put it. Years ago, it was discussed and tabled as a very predictable, non-interesting way to go. And uh, maybe it would have been predictable, but uh, non-interesting, I would uh, argue. Well, right. Here's the thing. They bring up, oh, we already did that in season two and season seven. Yeah, and you know what? Season two and season seven were good seasons. They were good seasons. <laughs> and not to mention season eight, they repeated themselves so much. They brought back Hannah, who, by the way, was a repeat of uh, Lumen, was a repeat of Rita, Lila. You, you want to go as far, you could say she was even a female repeat of Miguel Prado. Yeah. Uh, Zach wasn't repetitious of Lumen either or Miguel Prado. The whole season was uh, repetitive. The whole season was diving into a cookie jar that they've already taken one too many cookies out of. So that doesn't fly with me. And yes, seasons two and seven were two of the best seasons of the show. But apparently Scott Buck and the rest of the writers never really listened to their fans' responses, or they just don't care. To be fair, it's like we talked about a few episodes ago, they view... Dexter as a heroic vigilante figure. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you, Charlie, there are large portions of the fan base that probably feel the same way. So if you are looking at certain fans' responses, they might have felt like this was the direction they needed to go in. But getting back to the idea of the season being repetitive, if you really don't want to be repetitive, do something different. Have Dex <laughs> have it have the whole season be Dexter on the run. Yeah. After Miami Metro figures out that he's a killer, switch it up a little bit. You know, you don't have to do this same old thing of I'm in Miami and I'm going to try to kill some people and maybe learn some things about myself. If, if you're worried about being repetitive, then just go all out. And yeah. Be different. Exactly. Be crazy. Instead of being crazy within stuff that you've done before. <laughs> And, you know, it started off different because, you know, Deb was in a state that we'd never seen the character in before, but they just decided to ditch that in three episodes. They were just kind of like, well, she is a good person, right, audience? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about Deb, because I think what they ultimately did with Deb may be the worst thing about the series. <sighs> I really thought that was it. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> oh, you forever. <laughs> I thought maybe I was getting what I deserve. What you deserve? <laughs> Why would you think that? <laughs> but then I'm not proud of it. So if I can't take that, I can't. You haven't done I'm not proud of. <laughs> not the same. Go. Come here. 
over the course of the series, Jennifer Carpenter became the heart and soul of the show. And this last season completely neutered her. We can pinpoint the episode. It was episode four of this season when, mm-hmm. after she went in to confess, she decided to drive her car off the bank into the river and suddenly she started questioning herself and oh maybe dr vogel's right and and dexter and i are family and i i don't want to sit here and say that that could never feel believable you know if we had had three or four episodes of deb in therapy with dr vogel Mm -hmm. talking about all this stuff sorting through her emotions and we saw her gradually come to this new place of acceptance of Dexter, it could have worked. But when you go very quickly from, I'm ready to kill my brother and myself, to we're one big happy family, (laughs) it it doesn't feel like the same character. No, it doesn't feel like the same character at all. And I think that's the episode where you pinpointed, Deb will make or break this season and the show. And you were right. Look at what we have now. <laughs> it's an utter catastrophe. Right. The problem is this is this is not the Deborah that we followed for seven seasons. The character no. of Deb that we followed for seven seasons was a strong cop. She would not let people get away with the bad things they were doing. I just can't believe that that character that we saw in the early seasons would be fine with her brother being a serial killer, would let Hannah take Harrison, and would suddenly be, like, best buddies with Hannah. Yeah. You should be on one of those cooking shows. You would win. Like, oh, God. It was so awful. And I remember when season five's finale aired, and I was just like, oh, come on, that's so stupid that Deb wouldn't look behind a sheet that where she can clearly see the silhouette of someone who resembles her brother with you know another serial killer and then she just walks away and i thought that is the dumbest thing they could possibly do cut to three or four years later uh, <laughs> right that is uh mild compared to the plot contrivances that deb has fallen victim to throughout the show and just her ultimate fate in this finale Made me so angry because oh yeah, Deb has been shit on the entire series. She has had so many horrible things happen to her, yet she's always remained strong. She's always been a good cop. She's she's always stuck to her guns. And then suddenly in this season, she goes from being in this position of really intense self-loathing and searching where she's trying to figure out what she should do to suddenly have everything being fine and then to have her ultimate fate be that she is killed by a blood clot really off screen yeah that is not how i want to see deborah morgan go down deborah morgan deserves to go out in a blaze of glory if she's gonna go out yeah Anything would have been better than that. Even if Dexter and Hannah did get on a flight to Argentina and she got gunned down by Saxon, but gunned down in like a Scarface type of way where it was like she was really heroic. Like anything would have been better than a pathetic blood clot in an off-screen kill. And again, if you tell me this on paper, that Deb is killed by a blood clot, that I'm not impressed by. But then you say, oh, and Dexter has to take her off life support. And that's his final kill. That is interesting to me, the idea that, okay, you're going to bring Dexter to a place where he has to kill his sister. I think that that, that's not a bad idea in and of itself. 
the problem is again the execution it wasn't earned at all and i and i'm i'm just imagining like what if they had actually written this season in a way that made that meaningful what if the whole season had been deb and dexter pitted against each other at each other's throats with her trying to take him down and then yeah. ultimately she gets shot or something happens and she goes into a coma and then he has to deal with the fact that at the end of the day this is my sister whom i love and now she's my final victim you know mm-hmm. if, if you if you do it in a way that forces dexter to legitimately confront who he is to question everything that he's done not just over the past few days but over the past few seasons of the show mm-hmm. then that can be meaningful but it just felt really cheap and manipulative here i mean from the first shot you see of her getting onto a stretcher where they're like, did anyone call Dexter? And she's like, oh my god, if you call Dexter, I won't get on that ambulance, I swear to god. Like, even that was like, what? Like, she has no reason to love her brother this much. I don't care what he's done. I don't care if Dexter became a philanthropist in the past. Well, like, well, well again, again, that's the decision the writers made, okay? The, yeah. the, the writers made the decision, we're going to end the series with Deb and Dexter on good terms. So she says, quote... I don't want you to feel guilty about anything. You were meant to be happy, so you need to go be happy. Okay? Which is disgusting it, on I, I so mean, many it, levels. It's morally <laughs> disturbing, but that's the decision the writers made and the direction they wanted to go in. So, fine. My position is, if that's the direction you want to go in, earn it. Earn that character change. Again, show us throughout the entire season. Show Deb coming to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a struggle, it needs to be hard, and it needs to come gradually for us to believe it. Mm-hmm. And they did not pull that off. It was too sudden, she didn't seem to question anything after episode 5, and she lost all of her spine. And it just completely neutered the character and just made her into a Dexter cheerleader. Yeah, even when you think she's gonna get her spine back with tracking down Hannah, it's basically like, okay, I found you. And then Hannah's like, you don't want to hurt your brother, though, right? And she's like, no, I don't. Oh, fine. I don't want to have anything to do with you one episode later. Can Hannah stay at your place? Oh, fine. Next episode. Or even later in that episode. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm eating food you made. This is actually really good. Like, every female character has not gotten the greatest arc. But this especially hurts because Deb is, apart from Dexter, she's the other main character of the show. I mean, you know, and she has been so strong. I mean, I couldn't have put it any better than you did. She's a strong female character that has literally been reduced to someone in a coma in a vegetative state after apologizing to her brother about everything that she's done and uh, how her brother never gave up on her, when really it should be the other way around, and then says, you are a wonderful person, just go be happy, go to Argentina, I love you. Like, I have expected, like, the cast of Grey's Anatomy to come in and, like, take her away. I don't know. They ruined Deb, and that, to me, is the most disappointing part about this season. Let's move on to Dexter and how things ultimately wrap up with Dexter and his character. Because in the last episode, he did come to this epiphany where he realized he did not need to kill. His love for Hannah took priority over his need to kill. And it seemed like a a real evolution for the character. Not one that was necessarily earned, but they threw it out there. That's where Dexter is now. Mm -hmm. Now in this episode... Because of what happened to Deb, suddenly he is back to needing to kill. 
Saxon, who, who once again, I'm sorry, Saxon, throughout the entire season, I never understood his motivations. You might as well rename him Antagonist. What was his big plan? Why was he doing any of this? As you put out pre- uh, previously mentioned, like, what is his deal? He is not a character at all. Right. We we never learned why he killed Cassie, why he killed Zack, why he killed any of the people that he did, other than, I guess, they were just there. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great if they were, like, interrogating him. Why do you kill Cassie? I don't know. She was just there. Right, right. And, and, and again, I mentioned in a previous episode how that could be terrifying, that idea of chaos. This guy is just pure chaos. He doesn't know why he does the thing he does. He just lashes out, and if you're in the way, you're going to get hurt. That could be threatening. But the way they they wrote it, it was just confusing. And now, in this finale, he hears that Deborah Morgan is still alive, so he decides to go after her. Why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Is it is it because you're angry that she and Dexter captured you? Are you looking to get back at Dexter for something? I guess you're still hung up on the whole thing about your mother loving him more than she loves you. <laughs> I just, again, I don't understand why he's doing the things he does. It's just these are these are these are pieces that the writers are moving around on a stage for no reason. The only reason is that oh that they can. Yeah, it's pretty much like the screenwriters sat around and they were like, how can we get from point A to point B? And it's almost like they're saying, well, Saxon can kill someone. Okay, which character? Uh, Cassie. Okay, good. How can we get from point A to point B for this episode? Uh, well, Saxon can kill someone. Who should it be? Uh, Zach? Okay, yeah, let's go to the next episode. Right, <laughs> like, right. okay, now he kills Vogel. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. And uh, he's probably the most obnoxious big bad uh, of any we've had in any season of Dexter. I mean, I'll still take him over Colin Hanks, I think, <laughs> just because I like Derry Ingolfson. And I, I've said that before. I I, th- I think he gives a decent performance, though his character is horribly written. I, I don't know. I'm back and forth on Derry Ingolfson because he's eyes, dude. They're so far out of his skull that it, part of me just wonders how, if, if he's just doing that to be like, the farther I can push my eyes out of my face means the more terrifying I will be. I but like it's just it, so man. goofy. I like it. I like how he's going for full out. He's he's just basically decided, I'm going to pull out all the stops. I'm just going to be crazy psychopath. And that is who I am. I'm going to be over the top. I think he makes it work. And again, with better writing, that could have been actually threatening. If he had been a better written character, you might have actually said he was scary as opposed to goofy. See, if Derry Engelson like, pulled, like, uh, just started improving and was, like, foaming at the mouth and pulled, like, a Dennis Hopper out of Blue vel- Velvet, where he's just like, Mommy, Mommy, <laughs> baby wants to fuck. Like, if he went full-on crazy, I would have loved it. But it's, like, almost as if he's just like, well, I can push my eyes out of my face really bad. That's scary, Again, right? <laughs> he, he's limited by the writing and what the writers will, will give him to do. But, but getting back to Dexter, I don't understand his ultimate revelation in this episode like last episode it was a bit of a stretch and it didn't really fit with what had come before it but i could at least understand what they were going for with oh i'm not i don't need to kill anymore because i'm in love with hannah i can make sense of that okay Mm -hmm. this episode he has to kill deb and then suddenly that makes him decide that he's a danger to people around him all i could think was okay that's a, re- a revelation you had at the end of season four. You, you've, mm-hmm. you've realized this, and it, it, it made more sense at the end of season four. Yeah, you are a danger to people 
around you, but how does Deb dying really expose that? Because Dexter didn't have a whole lot to do with Deb winding up the way she was. It was stupid Marshall Clayton who ruined everything, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and even when Deb says Marshall Clayton fucked it all up, that is actually true. Yes. As much as I would love to pinpoint it on Dexter, there you you can't. Yeah. It just doesn't make logical sense for it to pinpoint it on Dexter. Yeah, it wasn't Dexter. So for him to suddenly blame himself and to be like, well, now I have to go into exile... <laughs> That just doesn't make sense. You know, again, conceptually, I think that's an interesting ending to have Dexter realize I'm a monster. I can't be around anyone. And there's this line where he says, for so long, all I wanted was to feel like other people. Now that I do, I just want it to stop. Which is interesting because it flies in the face of what we've come to expect from the entire series. The whole series has been about Dexter learning to feel, Dexter becoming more human. For him to suddenly realize... Well, being human sucks, and it means I'm going to have to feel these terrible things and feel this awful pain. Maybe it's better for me not to have to feel that. That is an interesting development. Mm -hmm. It just has no place in this episode. No, it has no place in this episode. It would, as you said, make sense in season four. And then that's basically like him saying the same stuff that he said at the end of season four in this season, only in this season it doesn't apply here because nothing makes sense this season. Right. <laughs> and I, I mean, first of all, the fact that he drove into a hurricane and survived, that makes the ending of The Dark Knight Rises look uh, realistic. I want to talk about that in a, in a minute. Okay. The last thing I want to bring up, though, regarding Dexter and his relationship with Deb and, and why this decision doesn't make sense, she tells him, go be happy. Okay, and sure, Charlie, you and I can can complain that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense given what came before it and it feels out of character. But that's what she says. And yet still, Dexter doesn't do that. (laughs) You would think if he wants to honor his sister, he will go off to Argentina and be happy with Hannah and stop killing. And as much as I hate the idea that that could be the ending of Dexter... I would much prefer that over what we got, because at least that would make sense. Yeah. That he would say, okay, because Deb died and that was what she wanted for me, that's what I'm going to go do. Also, don't you think it would have been so much better if, as you said before, if Dexter and Deb were at each other's throats and Deb eventually took him down and shot Dexter in the gut and he's in the hospital and then Dexter sees what horrible stuff he's done to Deb and then he says to her, go be happy. And then Deb has to put Dexter's body at sea. I would much prefer that ending. That would have been much, much more impactful, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much sense it still would have made, but it would have made more sense than what this this situation. Right, right. Let's let's move on to the hurricane stuff, because this is when the episode went completely off the rails. (laughs) He takes Deb off life support. That was an okay scene. And I was thinking, you know what? This is stupid, but... It's not a terrible idea. Yeah, they didn't earn it at all, but I think I'm okay with it in theory. Then for him to take his her body out to his <laughs> boat and then to drop her in the ocean, that just made no sense to me. And I was like, okay, writers, I'm done. You, you've, yeah. com- you've completely <laughs> lost me. There's now no excuse. I can't even say that this looks good on paper because, again, why? He's disobeying what Deb told him to do. He's not honoring her last wishes. He's not giving her a proper burial where she's going to receive like a a full-on police ceremony 
and receive the recognition and honor that she deserves. No, she's just going to get dumped in the ocean like another one of his victims. <laughs> With all of the severed body parts of all of his victims, which I'm sure Deb would have loved. And, and all I can think is, is that the point where the, where the writer's trying to draw some sort of parallel, like everyone around Dexter including the people he loves, eventually they all wind up the same. They all wind up dead at the bottom of the ocean. That's who he is. Is that what we're supposed to conclude? Is that what's going through his head? We don't know. It just doesn't make sense, and it doesn't seem like the logical thing for him to do. Yeah, plus Rita got killed off, and he didn't have to go do that with her. And I might have been able to buy that decision for him to take Deb's body if he was going to go down with her, if he was going to like tie himself to her corpse and weight them both down <laughs> and then throw both of them over the side of the boat so they would both sink and Dexter would wind up with everyone else he's killed, including yeah. his sister. That could have been a poignant way to follow through on that. But no, he just brings her body out to give her burial at sea for no reason. And then drops his cell phone into the water in slow motion and then... Drives into a hurricane. Yes, and 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 the uh, the shot where he drops his cell phone is the ugliest shot <laughs> in the entire episode. It looks so fake. Yeah, you, it's obvious that they were on a sound stage in front of a green screen. It it looks terrible. Okay. Yeah, because they're probably like My, uh, Michael C. Holly. You can use your phone, right? And he was like, No, I don't want to throw that in the ocean. Okay, well, we'll we'll just use a sound stage. <laughs> How great would that have been if Dexter starts driving into the hurricane and then we see Deb's ghost come out of nowhere and be, have her be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I asked you to do. <laughs> there, there, there's a great gif out there of Dexter unwrapping the Deb's body and taking one last look at her face. And when he unwraps it, it's Dokes inside <laughs> and Dokes jumps out. <laughs> surprise motherfucker yes. yeah. <laughs> how great would that have been if for like some reason he like thinks he's on you know got deb's body and then like it turns out to be like zombie laguerta or something oh man this series so should have ended with dexter in argentina sitting at a cafe with hannah and then a few tables over the camera pans over and it's dokes in <laughs> like in a wheelchair or like somehow he survived he's like covered in bandages i don't know yeah <laughs> they should have done that somehow and laguerta will be with him oh sure sure okay so but getting back to the hurricane um so dexter drives off into the hurricane and it's it's like the writers can't decide how they want to end the show and how they want to end all these different themes that they've been developing oh should we have dexter come to a moral epiphany about himself yes should we have him kill himself? I guess, but then not really. <laughs> he drives into the hurricane. We assume that he's dead. They find the wreckage of his boat, and then we fade back in, and he's still alive. And oh my god, Charlie. Yeah. First of all, it makes no sense because I just don't believe that he would survive that. No. Unless he had, like, something in his pocket that could somehow be a flotation device, and he could blow it up really, really fast. Well, in a previous episode, wasn't there an episode at some point, maybe last season or the season before, where we saw that he has an emergency life raft? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't visible in this episode, and I don't even think the writers remembered about that. Uh, Scott Buck mentioned it. Oh. So they, they were aware of it, and I guess they're assuming the audience is also aware of it, that he had an emergency life raft. I don't care if he had an emergency life raft. <laughs> you take an emergency life raft out into a hurricane. You see how well you do. 
Yeah, there were, like, tornadoes and stuff, like, coming down into the water. <laughs> like, it was just nuts. Here's what adds insult to injury, Charlie. In an interview with Scott Buck, he says, quote, He knows exactly what he's doing. He's putting his boat in the path of the hurricane, which will then allow him to escape in this way. It's mentioned in an earlier episode that he does have an emergency life raft aboard that boat, and you can look back and see he had a plan. He just didn't know what it was. Okay, first of all, you can't have a plan if you don't know what it is. That makes no sense. You're an idiot, Scott Buck. (laughs) Second of all, he expects us to believe not only did Dexter survive driving his boat into a hurricane, he expected to survive driving into a hurricane. He knew what he was doing. It was all part of his plan to fake his own death and disappear. And all I can think is, are you insane? This is Dexter Morgan. I know you love him, but he is not a superhero. No, he does not have a uh, hyperspeed button on his boat like the Millennium Falcon where he can just, you know, (laughs) teleport across space and time. He is not invincible. And then there are so many other easier ways to fake your own death than driving into a hurricane. (laughs) Right! You don't drive into a hurricane if your goal is to fake your own death because (laughs) nature is unpredictable. You do it in a way that you can control all the variables. That is how faking your own death works. I'm speaking like I know from experience, but no, it's true. You have to know. You have to have everything under control, and you you can't control a hurricane. As someone who has been in the exact same experience that Dexter has been, it is actually possible, Andrew. (laughs) But even setting aside the fact that Scott Buck says we're supposed to believe Dexter knew that he was going to survive— Let's just ignore that, because judging by the episode, there's nothing to indicate that Dexter realized he was going to survive. We can just assume that he happened to live and decided to make the best of it. And the best of it turns out to be living by himself in the wilderness and working as a lumberjack in the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Again, I can sort of see what they're going for here. We're supposed to believe that Dexter has, he's so consumed with guilt about what happened to Deb and what he's done that he's put himself into exile and he's not, he doesn't have much contact with anybody around him. He doesn't talk to his coworkers. And then when he goes home at night, he just sits by himself and reflects on what he's done and who he is. (laughs) And that's not a terrible idea. So, you know, you can put Dexter in some sort of spiritual, emotional hell where he's mm-hmm. he's exiled from everyone and he has to deal with the with with what he's done. But again, doesn't fit in this episode. We we haven't seen anything that's going to make that impactful in the least. Nothing at all. And uh, just because Dexter has been so selfish this entire season, I just there's no way that any sane person would just go home from lumberjacking and just be like, I'm just going to sit here and stare and reflect upon how horrible I've been every single day for the rest of my life. Being human, yeah, you'd, you'd be filled with guilt, but he would, if he tries to get on through the day as a lumberjack, you're probably going to try and get on through the day, like, reading a crappy paperback novel or watching something. I, I don't know. I just don't buy that, like, he would probably sit there for, like, two days and be like, oh, fuck, I'm 
this is horrible. I need to get something done. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, do you really buy that he would sit there for eternity? Like, just after every day of lumberjacking and just be like, I hate everybody? I can buy it if he had been led to a point where he actually realized the weight of everything he had done and and really had to feel bad about all the people he had killed. The problem is, this episode doesn't know what it wants to do with Dexter. It doesn't know how it wants to leave Dexter. On the one hand, you've got Dexter being like, I'm terrible for everyone around me. On the other hand, you have Deb telling him, go be happy and don't feel guilty about anything. And you yeah. you can't have it both ways, you know? No. It feels like they didn't know how to end it. As a result, they, they were juggling too many ideas instead of mm-hmm. just picking one to really earn. And as a result, you're right. This doesn't fit with what we've seen. Dexter's been so selfish over the entire run of the series that for him to reach this point where suddenly he's going to give up everything, including his family, including his son, Harrison, Mm -hmm. it's just it's not earned at all. It's not earned at all. And I think that after three days of that, he would probably attempt suicide. Right. Or decide, you know what? Maybe Deb was right and I should go be happy and be with my son and not leave him without a father in the hands of... Hannah McKay. Yeah, that's not what normal people do. Even people who hate themselves would like start watching some dumb reality TV show or would do something, anything to, you know, try and distract themselves. And I know we're talking about Dexter Morgan here, but like still, it just doesn't make sense on any level. Right. I, I mean, are, 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 the, are we supposed to believe that this fits in with what he said before about how now he doesn't want to feel because feeling is, is too painful are we supposed to believe that he's gone back to being an unfeeling psychopath is he still killing people yeah i feel like we got the opposite where he's just like no this is my punishment i have to feel for the rest of my life but even dexter i feel like he would just sit there for like two days of that and then he'd just be like oh wait i should go be happy because deb told me to or you know like or i can't take any more of this i'm gonna go try and kill myself like he wouldn't be able to do that just sit there for the rest of his life. And you can tell they didn't know how to end the show because it ends with him just staring at the camera. (laughs) And we're supposed to believe that this somehow represents his prison and his suffering and he's just going to look at us and break the fourth wall and maybe, I don't know, are they trying to indict the audience somehow? I mean, a smarter show could work an ending like this into something provocative. But with Dexter and this season, the way it ends, it just feels... Like, they didn't know what the hell they were doing, so they were like, we just need an ending. Uh, I don't know, he's in exile, and he feels bad, and he's just gonna look at the camera and look sad. The end. Yeah. Uh, cue the Lumberjack song for the end credits. Yeah. And some twisted part of me couldn't help but think, like, of, like, that woodchipper scene in Fargo, and I'm just like, what if he just snaps again, and he starts killing people, and, like, puts them in wood chippers and starts, like, it's a new Lumberjack Dexter, like, spinoff, where he just, I don't know, kills Lumberjacks who kill well that's a good segue into our final segment of the show charlie unless unless you have something else you want to say about this finale oh no i i'm at a loss for words it still hurts okay so yeah all right well well the last thing i want to do in this episode charlie is i have a pitch for you i have a pitch for seasons nine and ten of Dexter, okay? We know how Showtime loves to stretch out their series. They stretched out Dexter way too long already. Why not stretch it out even longer to try and save the series <laughs> and maybe give it back some modicum of dignity? 
so here's my pitch for you, Charlie. And Showtime, if you're listening, feel free to write this down, okay? <laughs> Season 9 should be nothing but 12 episodes of Dexter on the boat in the hurricane. <laughs> and by the way, the hurricane's name is Laura, like his mother. Oh, that's so deep. Yeah. No, it's not Showtime. No. Even if they had, like, done something in the voiceover, like, this has all stemmed from what happened to my mother, or something. Yeah. To make it significant that the hurricane is named Laura. But nope, they couldn't They couldn't even give us that. Okay. Nope. But anyway, yeah, I think season nine should be nothing but Dexter on the boat in the hurricane, and it should just be him thinking and reflecting, and it should be all of the moral conflict and and confusion and processing that we didn't get from this series, okay? It should be an entire season of just him reflecting either through voiceover or maybe he can be thinking back to different points in his life, different decisions that he's made. Maybe there can be an episode where he's, like, talking to Deb's ghost. I mean, there was Ghost Harry, so why not bring up Ghost Deb and he can, like, be t- talk to her and work out all of his issues with her and just do something. Give us a whole season of nothing but Dexter working out who he is. Because if there's anything that season eight showed us, it's that the writers don't know who he is. Nope. So give us a whole season of him figuring that out and the season can end with him reaching that decision not to die to grab the life raft and to fake his own death. Then season 10 should be Dexter Morgan Eco Warrior. Okay? <laughs> Dexter Morgan working as a lumberjack and he's he's feels so guilty about everything he's done and all the people he's killed that he's decided I need to give back, okay? I need to save this planet and the people on it and the creatures on it. So I might cut trees down during the day, but at night I'm going to go kill all of the people that want to hurt the environment. Okay? <laughs> I want season 10 to be Dexter going after the most notorious poacher in the world, okay? Who has a troche <laughs> on his land and wants to illegally hunt all of these animals. And, and I want Dexter to be in a place where he's like, no, I have to be the hero who's going to save life, not <laughs> kill it. And that can be his penance for everything that he's done, okay? It's not just I'm going to sit and feel sorry for myself. It's I'm going to take action to make the world a better place and try to redeem myself after everything I've done. He could uh, join PETA. Yes. He could, uh, <laughs> he could uh, donate to charity. And then who knows? Maybe he'll have his own show uh, in the vein of Oprah. Right. I don't or, know. Or, or, or no, here's, here's what we do. Okay. The first few episodes of season 10, he's a lumberjack. But then he reaches the moral epiphany that he doesn't want to be responsible for cutting down trees because he's already cut down so much life. <laughs> so he quits his job as a lumberjack and becomes a park ranger. And then it's Dexter Morgan, park ranger, defending the environment, taking out poachers. I think that this could be a great final season of the show. And it could really uh, bring up some of those issues and those, those moral conflicts and, and resolutions that we wanted to happen over the course of the series that we never got. What do you think? 
I wholeheartedly agree with you. And then I think if you even want to go further than that, we can cut to season 11 and it can be like that uh, that segment in the fountain where Hugh Jackman's in a bubble with a tree and, <laughs> <laughs> and they could be trying to reach Shibalba. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or he could do the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, he could go through that whole process where he wants to erase all of his memories of killing. And then it could almost be like a meta commentary on all the mistakes that the the... Uh, writers made throughout the season he could be like oh why'd i do that that didn't make much sense did it <laughs> perfect <laughs> and then he and then he could have the memory of uh deb with him forever until she's erased at the very very end yeah perfect i like it i think this is great oh la here we come <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing i have to say about this episode is oh my god i can't believe that hannah just doesn't care that dexter's dead she just sniffles a little bit she, she sniffles and then is like let's go get ice cream <laughs> Let's celebrate. Maybe Hannah never existed. Uh, it was just Dokes uh, wearing a blonde wig <laughs> and a very, very authentic uh, latex mask. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I think that will wrap it up for this episode of Avenging Angels. Don't forget to tune in next week for our series wrap up when we will be looking back over the entire series run of Dexter and talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, whether or not any of the show is worth watching given how disappointing of an ending this was. We would love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at avengingangels at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes, so if you liked this episode, please write us a review. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place, and our new TV podcast, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Cast, and our upcoming podcast all about the third season of Homeland. Charlie, where can people find you online? You can find the articles that I've written for your magazine, Emerson, at Issue. That's issudu.com slash yourmagemerson. And you can follow me on Twitter at ctnash91. That's ctnash91. You can find some of my writing at pathios.com and moviemezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Charlie Nash. And I didn't always want to be a podcaster anyway. I just wanted to be a lumberjack, leaping from tree to tree as they float down the mighty rivers of British Columbia. The giant redwood, the lurch, the fir, the mighty Scots pine, the smell of fresh-cut timber, the crash of mighty trees. With my best girly by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!